The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head on over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And next, we're brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that allows you to bet on all your favorite NFL player props for a chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at BetterFantasy.com slash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R Fantasy.com slash SGPN. And next, we're brought to you by Manscaped, the ladies in below-the-belt grooming. Head on over to Manscaped.com and use promo code SGP for 20% off your order and free shipping. And finally, we're brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's S-O-B-E-T dot I-O slash SGPN. And of course, make sure to download the SGPN app. It's your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. You can get it right in the palm of your hands. Wherever it is, you download apps. Howdy, hello, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 110. I'm going to dedicate this episode to Vanessa Demopolopolopolis. I'll say her name right, is Demopolis, uh, who not only won last night and, and made uh, my co-host and myself look smart because we picked her to win. Not only did she win a bonus, uh, but she revealed something that um, makes uh, – it, it harkens back to my co-host I just mentioned. It reminds me a lot of him that she got so good at jujitsu and being flexible from her career as an exotic dancer, which is exact same backstory as my associate co-host is, as most of you know. So, um, this is, no, you're not allowed to talk. We need to clear the air. I was not yet. I was never an exotic dancer. Not yet. You're not allowed to talk yet. So anyhow, um, this goes out to her. I don't know we're going to edit out that voice you just heard because uh, you're not allowed to hear that voice yet. So, um, and and she was quite entertaining last night. So, one ten goes to her. Um, the voice you're hearing right now. That's not being edited out is the blonde fighter Jeff Fox. I am to to differentiate who's who. I'm the one who's not the exotic dancer of the two people on the podcast. Um, I'm the one that didn't do very good with my picks last. Well, actually, last night was it was a mediocre night for the mediocre boys, um, but I was a little more mediocre than my associate co-host. Let's, let's bring him in now because apparently he. This is the part after I uh, introduce him where he debunks all the things that <laughs> I say about him and, and claims that I have lie. I, I, I lie about all these things about him uh, leading up uh, to the introduction. Um, what else can I tell you about him? I already told you his big secret, but um, I called him a charlatan on uh, the SGPN board and he didn't reply. So either that means A, he agrees that he is a char- charlatan or B, he doesn't know what that word means. So uh, one or the other, or maybe both. Um you, you may know him as Gumby Freeland. Let's welcome to the stage, 
All right, so Daniel I'm gonna, Reeland. I'm going to do my regular set of debunking. So first of all, uh, you won't hear that voice edited out of the beginning, mostly because I'm the one who does the editing. So uh, there's literally Good no point. chance of that happening. I do know what a charlatan is, but as I have pointed out to the slew of people on the Slack board, occasionally I'm really terrible at um, using social media or remembering to respond to things. Um, and I just go absolutely silent because I was winning things last night and I wasn't even in the SPPN Slack, which was popping with people who were winning. And I read it all this morning while I was on the even toilet. The boss was, was like, in there. Yeah, everybody was in there and I, everybody was winning. And I was like, I, I read it after the fact. I was like, damn, I had like major FOMO. I was missing out on, on good shit. So um, everybody should get in the SPPN Slack, including myself, um, on fight nights because it's a damn good time. Uh, and then the last thing I wanted to share was, since you brought up that Vanessa Demopoulos, yep. I just had this moment at the very beginning of that fight card yesterday where all three of the first people to win last night were all guests on the Top Turtle and the May podcast uh, here's within, the the last, within the last two weeks. So yep. um, the I, I would say that that officially uh, puts to bed – the top turtle MMA curse because three straight winners on a fight card and uh, you know, the, the main event winner as well, uh, all being prior guests uh, is enough to perhaps uh, say that that's, that's, we can put that to bed. Let's just say. All right. Uh, you're not, um, you bring it up so often though. Obviously you think it is a real thing or you, well, it's you? because you get a head on like, so, so you bring it up every single time it looks like it could be a thing. So if I don't bring it up every time it's clearly not a thing, I, I, the, the data out there is skewed, you know? Like, I, I have true. to bring it up to, to even out the amount of times it's brought up. And you, what I thought when Vanessa Demopoulos jumped into Joe Rogan's arms, that's probably not the first time a stripper's jumped into Joe Rogan's arms. <laughs> that's, I mean, undoubtedly it's not. <laughs> it is worth noting she's no longer a stripper, though. I, I do want to yeah. give her... Um, you know, cause she's done a quite a bit to, to like shed that image off of herself. Um, that she, it, it was like important that she quit it when she began taking, you know, she wanted MMA to be her full-time career and it was like a big step for her. And she's, you know, like really into, I saw an interview. It wasn't even with me. It was with somebody else about her really wanting to be a role model for young kids or something like that. Um, so she, it was important for her to sort of separate that part of herself out. Um, but yeah, hell, she looked good. And we'll talk about her in a little while because damn, that was a crazy fight. And she, um, maybe she shouldn't have written a book called the stripper Bible. If she doesn't want to be tied to, uh, <laughs> tied to that, but anyhow, I'm, I'm, I'm not, degrading strippers. I'm not, not degrading strippers by, by any means whatsoever, but it, it is like just the fact that these people have uh, other jobs is like, I don't know. If I was the UFC, I'd be like, it just—it doesn't look good on you, no matter what their other job is. Um, the fact that all these, you act like you're you're the big time yet. All these athletes have to have second jobs just to just to survive is is kind of silly. Like she she made twelve twelve grand is what she started at, which is more than the contender series people. They started ten grand uh, to show ten grand to win. Um, but she she betting on herself, uh, as we like to say around. Uh, the SGPM uh, studios uh, betting on herself work though because she she did hit the 50 grand bonus but if she didn't hit the bonus then she would have made like 28 grand before paying out all coaches and taxes and everything else last night. Yeah, it's uh, insane numbers and we'll talk about uh, a contender series guy who only made 20. 20- 
BK last night, a little bit later on too. And it's just like, it's the most ridiculous thing. Um, yep. You know, this is, this is the type of stuff that we hear about like single and double A baseball players, you know, driving Ubers right. in their free time and stuff like that so that they have enough money. And that's single and double A baseball. That's playing baseball in the middle of Kansas somewhere. Um, and instead these guys are in Las Vegas on the biggest show of the year. Um, and yeah. that's, that's what's going down. Craziness. But it's still way more than they would make in any other promotion, pretty much. Um, like yeah. Bellator, you, you see the Bellator prelim people, they're making a couple grand, so it's still... Some of them not uh, even making a couple grand. Yeah. I saw, I saw yeah, 500 hundreds. to win and 500 to show yep. one time on a Bellator show. Very true. You can actually... Here's a plug for me now. You can get all the pay stuff um, and last night's uh, pay stuff over at MMA-Manifesto.com. My website, um, last night was... not the purses were officially released by California because the UFC hasn't been able to to uh, stomp down that commission and, and get them not to release the actual info. So every other commission or almost every other one doesn't release official data, but we did get it last night. So you can see how poorly a lot of these people were made uh, or how, how poorly they speak, um, how poorly I speak, but how poorly some of these people uh, paychecks were last night. Um, I think the biggest question is um, Dan's wife just went grocery shopping, and I want to know what the best <laughs> thing is. Best thing is that she bought, or a handful of best things that she bought, because that's uh, what this podcast is all about. Yeah, I'm a. I enjoy I enjoy cylindrical meats, so she got uh, cheddar worst, which is uh, maybe my all time favorite cylindrical meat. <laughs> really, that, yeah. I don't. I know what it is. I don't think I ever had it, even before I became a wussy vegan. Cheddar Wurst. Yeah, it's it's just a bratwurst with like cheddar yep. injected into it. I mean, it's yep. it's it's all in the name. <laughs> Ugh, I'm so glad I asked. So glad I asked. I also realized that your um your other husband over on Top Turtle he used to always uh, his big catchphrase was like something about how you guys don't mess around, you get right down to business, and you know, don't ask know. each other how uh, how your days were. I don't think, and this is this podcast is the total opposite of that. Thanks to me, I friggin' ruin it all. I yeah. think people want to hear this stuff, though. I, yeah, I, I think I think there's definitely, and, and it's good because I don't think I could record the same show uh, twice no, all the time. That would that would be insane. Um, but yeah, I, I think the the listenership is looking for a different thing in in different places, <laughs> and I like to provide uh, content for all types of listeners. But I'm thinking people like our numbers say people listen, but I think they listen, but I don't think they're. Um, or they're hearing, but they're not listening to us, whatever uh, whatever that expression is, because they uh, if people were, were waiting last night, they, it wasn't thanks to us. Or, oh, or, I, d- I disagree. Maybe they take, yeah, I guess our recommend, recommended plays were okay and stuff like that. My, it, it's my if, recommended plays were okay. Mine went pretty It's true. I, I guess we go back to the, if you bet the same amount on every fight, on every card, you're going to lose money, because that's, again, what we proved last night, so... Yeah, I guess the people are picking and choosing. Plus, there's a lot of okay, I lost that parlay. Okay, I'm going to start another parlay up right now for for the night to try to get my money back. There's a lot a lot of people chasing uh, chasing money. Um, well, I think I think too we also give people insight for props too. Um, yeah. While we we're you know when we're picking winners for every single fight, you know I I mentioned 
uh, when we were we were talking about Vanessa Demopoulos, I totally wouldn't have been surprised if she went out there and, and sub Silvana Gomez Juarez, whose whose jiu-jitsu defense looks terrible. Um, and if you got a finish prop on her, you probably did really well because even the under two and a half rounds was at like plus one fifty. So I think I saw Vanessa Demopoulos inside the distance, even if you didn't pick sub straight up, but you picked just inside the distance was like plus two seventy five. So yeah, we we give you those little tidbits. It's true. We're amazing. We're so amazing. Let's uh, <laughs> let's get down to breaking down the card. But first, let me tell you about a couple of our sponsors. Plus, we have a new a new sponsor, which is very exciting. First of all, good old WinBet. We, we're still sponsored by WinBet, of course. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Plus, WinBet has some new bonuses. Bet five bucks, win $400 in free bets. Plus, make sure you check out the WinBets. Build your own bet. Boosted same game parlays heading into the NFL division round weekend. Plus, obviously, NFL is going to roll on after this weekend, too. So make sure you check it out. Most of the boosts fall between 10 to 15% of the original price. So definitely check that out. Great promos, odds and payouts are happening right now at WinBet for booster parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. We have what you need to win ready to play. Sign up today to receive a special offer risk free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger at with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Plus, we're, we are now sponsored by the mighty Manscaped. Support for the MMA Gambling Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. That rhymes amazing, whoever wrote this. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the performance package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code SGP. Yes, you guessed it, at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, and normally it is, that's about 8 million balls they've helped out, Dan. I'm sure they, they I'm sure they uh they helped out yours but back in back when you were an exotic dancer, I'm sure you had to use Manscaped, correct? I I have never nor will I ever be an exotic dancer. I feel like every single time you bring this up I have to debunk it. Um I also I, I checked your math, it is correct. Okay. Um that's good to know. So you don't have a story? You don't have a story about having to trim for your previous job, huh? It, well, the, they want a story about you. My previous you job, were... my previous job was a concrete <laughs> worker, and while uh, in a carpenter, so while while working in concrete and carpentry uh, may not directly need Manscaped, there there probably is still plenty of concrete workers who use Manscaped. <laughs> is was that your gimmick when you were? Dancing too, Dan, like a, a hard hat and like a, a tool belt, sexy concrete worker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right, the performance package 4.0 by Manscaped has arrived, and oh man, is it a game changer! Inside this package, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer. I I need that because I'm old now, so the hair is showing up in my ears and my nose. Uh, crop preserver and not my head. Crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver toner performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. I say get it just for all the names they give them things. It, they make things very mysterious and, and interesting. You should check it out. First off, the lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is the future of grooming and, dare I say, the greatest ball trimmer ever. I dare say that. The fourth gem- generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade 
to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology trademark dan you can't steal that skin safe is theirs the lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 4000k led spotlight you need for a more precise shave because this trimmer is waterproof you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor if you thought that was good but want to take it your grooming packet grooming game excuse me even further to the next level Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides propriety skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. Their Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, fellows, your balls will thank you if they could talk. Maybe some people's can. I'm not sure. Who am I? Who am I to judge? Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to the Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxes to another level. It's time to take care of yourself. So go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with code SGP, naturally. All right. We talked about your balls. We talked about Dan's cheddar worst. I think we can probably get into uh, – <laughs> is it – is it like millions of dollars every time you guys go grocery shopping like it is here? Feeding yeah, it's, it's two a, it's hungry absurd. boys. Yeah, it's absurd. <laughs> yeah, and it's just nonstop. We go multiple times a week. It's just nonstop. We have to go again today, even though we just got groceries yesterday. So, yeah. Damn kids, they eat food. Let me tell you, um, that's why we have to make winning picks so we can feed our children. That's why you people have to um, go and – and um, Go to the go to our lovely sponsors and uh, make sure they keep the lights on here at our studio so we can feed our children and our dogs that are barking in the background. All right, um, pretty fun card last night. Even though I wasn't too happy with my results, I was five and six. Dan was six and five. Um, we did lose a couple fights, unfortunately. Uh, Rodolfo Vieira, um, he had a pullout. Did they say his wasn't weight cutting? Was it? No, it said he was. Um... Something something about an illness, but it also um, – yeah. I saw one source that specified he was not COVID-related. Um, right. So, That's what everyone has to say nowadays. Yep. So it appears um, – yeah, he was just – he wasn't able to make it. And then we also lost um, Aaliyah Tapuria, who right. – to a weight-cutting incident. He was five pounds away from the limit. The California State Athletic Commission told him he could no longer cut due to his vitals not being – Maybe so hot, and uh, they pulled that fight in addition to telling him he couldn't get weight. Yeah, now California doesn't play around with with these things. They will. They also always um, they weigh the fighters before they step into the cage the next day too. So, which is always interesting to see how much weight these guys and gals put on um, between weigh-ins and the fight. Usually, it's usually about ten percent or so. Um, so like if if you're if you're a strawweight you're putting on ten to fifteen if you're uh, if you're like a light heavyweight you're putting on twenty or, or more uh, but I'm I, I'm sure we're gonna see some some crazy um, crazy weights when, when that's released um, with with people who really hydrate up after after the weigh-ins so yeah so he wasn't even uh, one taking short notice in that fight it was Charles Jourdain the Canadian who was on uh, he was on weight uh, taking the fight on short notice and. Uh, Tapuria did not do his job correctly, unfortunately. So we lost those two. I, I think those two were, I'm going to say they were two easy wins for us, right, Dan? 
Uh, I think so. Yeah, I, I thought Rodolfo. Yes. Yeah, I thought Rodolfo would handle him pretty easily, and I, I thought Tafuria was going to probably outgrapple Jordan. But Jordan also hits pretty damn hard, so yeah. it, he wouldn't have shocked me in there with a with a good performance. And Rodolfo was one of my uh, one of my props or one of my uh, preferred bets or recommended plays. I think I'm bouncing. I think we're, I'm bouncing around on, on what we're going to call these. Maybe I'll have to come up with a with a catchy name uh, for it. But um, let's break down the card. So this one took place, as Dan mentioned, in California at the Honda Center. We had seventy thousand three hundred and eighty-seven people in the crowd. Most of them apparently were UFC fighters because they were showing fighters like every five seconds in the crowd. Yeah, it did seem like there were a lot of fighters there, but that makes sense too. Though it's like one of the first live shows in a long time, especially on the West Coast, where there's a lot of different teams training right there um yep. either in california or you know nevada's not terribly terribly far away um right. there's a whole bunch of teams in arizona too in new mexico so again that you know being in southern california makes even more sense for them so yeah I, i'm not surprised that they there were you know hundreds of fighters in the the stands as well as all of the guys from jackass <laughs> oh i didn't see that That's, yeah the new movie's coming out and francis Ngannou is in it um, are you a fan, Dan, of Jackass? I uh, I never really was. I think I saw the first oh, one when it was in theaters because I was like just old enough to see an R-rated yeah. movie at that time. Um, and as a matter of fact, I'm fairly certain that's the first R-rated movie I saw in a theater. Um, but uh, yeah, like I I don't know. I I get the appeal of them, but uh, it's maybe. I've said the same thing about South Park. I understand that people like it, and it's a thing that people like. It's just not. Uh, I'm not the intended audience for that. Dan is far too highbrow. He's how many degrees do you have, Dan? <laughs> three degrees or something ridiculous I, like that. I do. So. I do have three degrees. Yes. That's how. That's why he knows what a charlatan is. And I'm not <laughs> not talking about the band. I'm talking about uh, what I accuse Dan of being, which he proves that he is not because he beat me last night. So, all right, well, we'll start at the top, and then we'll go down to the bottom as we do. I whiffed on the main event. Dan hit it. He just hit it, but he got plus 120 for a defending champion, which you do not usually get numbers that nice. I think that was that's part of the reason why you took him, right? Because the number was so nice. It was part of the reason. I think even at pick odds, I probably still would have gone with Francis. But, it, you know, like it, it was one of those ones where if it was posted at pick odds and we were sitting here trying to make a pick – I think I'd sit there and debate it a little bit harder, but once the odds started coming back positive on Ngannou, I, I didn't even have to think about it anymore, right? Like, I, I already kind of thought he was going to win, and I was going to have to convince myself that Surreal would not be able to deal with standing in front of him for 25 minutes. And this is the craziest part. He did! Mm-hmm. He <laughs> like, did. I, I, my, my analysis never, ever in my wildest dreams would have run through yeah, but what if what if Surreal tires a little bit and and Francis's wrestling takes over? Do you know how many takedowns Francis had uh, in the UFC leading into that fight? Uh, did he have any official yeah. takedowns? They gave him one for the Stipe fight uh, okay. when he changed angles, and it it was kind of more of a mat return, probably in in all actuality. But um, yeah, like he he got credited with one takedown against uh, Stipe. He was credited for four last night, plus a position reversal that led him to the top. And and that is, it's just so wild to me that he 
it's it, it also wasn't just like fluky either. Like his wrestling really looked good. Yep, they were claiming his jujitsu was looking good, which I, I think you could probably. I'm not the jujitsu nerd of the podcast Dan is, but um, I don't think his jujitsu looked that great because shortly after they said that uh, game popped up, of course, which is always what happens when Joe Rogan compliments someone uh, or, or says the submission is is locked in. So there there were a couple of things he did that I would say were good, but I would say. Uh, I was more disappointed with how surreal looked than I was feeling good about how Francis looked like there were a couple of times where he like locked up one of uh, surreal's legs because surreal just like left it in the wrong spot and like allowed himself to be held down worse. Um, Surreal seemed really okay with being in a half guard, which is a bad position for a guy who um, just wants to ground and pound you. Um, right, yep. because it, it, Francis wasn't going to go for an arm triangle choke, or although I guess I, he kind of did at one point. Um, you know, like so, so a lot of Surreal's choices were almost like he was defending jujitsu and like opening himself up to ground and pound, which is dumb. Now, granted, Francis didn't really give us ground and pound, but I'll also say this: Surreal's choice to go for a leg lock in the the freaking fifth round probably cost him the fight. He probably yeah. lost his chance at the championship by going for he look. And I'll say this too: I don't even necessarily blame him. I blame Fernandez Lopez in that moment, his coach, because do you know in between the fourth and fifth round, his coach told him he was losing that fight and needed to finish. No, I didn't hear that. I, I missed the first couple of minutes of the last round. Also, I just saw it when. Um, Ninganu reversed the position. So game was on top, correct? And then he, yes. he went he for cleared, a heel hook. He went for a heel hook, fell back. And, like, he was in on some decent positions, but I think it was a, a point where he really sold out thinking he needed it. And, I, I mean, like, the scorecards have proven it. Like, if he just stayed on top, and granted, he might not have stayed on top, but, like, if he just stayed on top, landed a little bit of ground, he would have won that fifth round. Um, yeah, and it would have been enough for the fight. Split decision. Yeah, a split decision would have been because it was uh, – it came down the last round. Um, is it, one judge had Nganu ahead regardless of the fifth round, but uh, the other two did not. So, yeah, game would have won a split decision. So the coach was kind of correct because one, one card had uh, had Nganu ahead. Um, I, I thought – like I wasn't doing um, official scoring or even, you know, I, I wasn't – uh, watching it, paying attention to to how I would score it, but I had it two two going into the last run as well. Yeah, I, I had been scoring it, but mostly because I uh, mentally had given Surreal the first two rounds and was like, "Oh, this is over." And then I like yeah. was like, "Oh, Francis probably won that third. Weird. Could he yep. do it again?" And then he did it again. So I was like, "Oh yeah, this is definitely tied two to two. And of course, I sometimes browse the the Twitter accounts of a couple of people who's uh, opinions I respect as far as scorecards go to see if they feel the same way too. And they, they all did. It was pretty much everybody in agreement that it was two, two going into that last round with the exception of Fernandez Lopez, who decided that he was going to scare his, uh, his, uh, fighter into going for a heel hook. He shouldn't. I always pay attention to, to the live odds, uh, over everything else because, um, uh, bookies know, um, what's, what's going on. And they seem to always, uh, have the correct line. So um, depending on what the live odds are, odds are uh, is, is how I 
a lot of times decide who uh, if if my um, view on who's winning the fight is is the correct one or not. So so Dan got this pick right. I got it wrong, but but we both got the analysis wrong, as did everyone. I said it's yeah, a joke. If, if anybody out there can can show me proper analysis of this fight uh, that you you wrote or uh, had on your podcast or anything from beforehand. Uh, I, I'll tip my cap to you because that is uh, an obscene thing to to predict. Um, but man, it was fun to watch. I you can go into the SGPN Slack and I I wrote it as a joke. I said uh, it's probably going to end up Nganu versus uh, via decision or gain via uh, KO, the opposite of what we're all predicting, and that's what it was. So, also if you go and went in the Slack a few hours before the fight, you would have got the intel that. Ngano had a knee injury. Um, someone shared in there that, that he had knee injury, and it looked like it actually um, actually was true because he had two knee sleeves on, and apparently he's got what both his knees are messed up. I think he says he needs surgery. Yeah, MCL and ACL, and it's funny too because I would say you know we talked a little bit about the likelihood that he this is his last fight in the UFC and he's going to move on and. Um, you know, there's a whole lot of things pointing to that now. I, I don't pretty much – I'm definitely on the side that that's the last we saw Francis Ngannou in the UFC. Um, but, like, he has to wait out a year in order for um, him to be able to go elsewhere. Um, he's got, like, a one-year period where he's stuck with the UFC now. Um, yep. And you have to imagine – eight to nine months of that is going to be recovery off of an ACL surgery. So he's not actually going to miss any paychecks he wouldn't have missed anyway. So, I mean, like it almost plays perfectly in the Francis hands. Yep. So you would have got that Intel if you were in the SG fan slack, but if you had used that Intel, you, you, you would have lost because <laughs> you got <laughs> one, one regardless. Or maybe um, that would have made you think he was going to wrestle nonstop. Yeah, it's true. You know, you know who else did that too? I thought about this. Do you know who tore, I think it was their ACL and their meniscus uh, in a fight and then proceeded to out-wrestle somebody in absurd fashion. That's how Conor McGregor beat Max right. Holloway yes. back in the day. Um, and Dan was there. A young Dan Vreeland was in the crowd. Were you not? Yeah, I was, in fact. In the, and it was. it's just crazy to think about, like, two of the guys we think of as, like, some of the most feared strikers of all time uh, went in fights with – uncommonly good wrestling uh, surrounding a knee injury. So uh, props to Francis. He looked great. Yeah, him, imagine him being able to wrestle and do ground and pound. Uh, that that would be like having Brock, he's like having, maybe even scarier than having Brock Lesnar on top of you if, if he was actually skilled in that area, which looks like he's he's been working on it. But yeah, it's pretty frightening having um, someone that size um, with with some ground skills. So so you're predicting he is he is gone. He's going to be like Randy Couture. This is basically like the Wild West days where the champs would leave the UFC as champ and they'd, they'd end up getting stripped. That's what you think is going to happen here, do you? Yeah, I do. I, I just I, – I wanted to believe that like a big performance here, the UFC would just be like, ah, fuck it. We got to pay him. He's worth it for our bottom line. But I think a lot of things happened here. First of all – Francis went very public with this negotiation, um, yep. and that is atypical of tip, uh, of the people they usually bend to. You know, like some people have, have come out and said, like, I'm not real happy with the money situation. It gets ironed out. They come to some sort of agreement. But nobody's ever gone on Trevor Noah's show <laughs> and talked about how much yep. the pay sucks. 
Um, nobody is is tweeting at you know boxers right now, being like, well, at least I can get the bag if I go there. You know, like it's not even like I want to test myself against a boxer. It's like that's where I can be paid what I'm actually worth. Um, so like him being so public, and then the very obvious uh, petty as shit bullshit that that Dana White was pulling at the end of the night where. He wouldn't put the belt on on Francis. He made Mick Maynard do it. And then on top of that, he wouldn't go to the press conference uh, yep. at all. So, like, to me, it looks unsalvageable. Um, the fact that he's got that knee injury gives Francis even more leverage. It's not like he's – like I said, it's not like he's losing paychecks. He's – you know, best case scenario, he could fight again in October. So, what, he's given up two months – uh, paychecks in order to to do this, and and he's probably going to need those two months to to figure out what he wants to do anyway. So they were probably already going to run an interim title fight in July with his knee injuries happening. So they're already going to have somebody rolled out as their champ. He's already going to have incentive to not uh, take a pay cut because he's he's not desperate for the the paycheck now. Yeah, I, I think this is a done deal. He's he's going to be elsewhere. It's a huge bummer to me as a big fan of Francis Ngannou and wanting him to see fight the best guys in the world. But ultimately, I think the only fight I'm, like, really bummed that we're not going to see is I, I would have liked to see him fight John Jones. But apart from that, right. you know, like he beat the shit out of Stipe. He beat the hell out of uh, – well, didn't beat the hell out of – but he, he convincingly beat Surreal Gain. Um, I mean, I guess a, a rematch with Derek Lewis where he – they they both don't look scared would have kind of been fun too. But like, you know, he he's going to go box and probably lose to Tyson Fury at some point in time and make more money than he ever dreamed of. And you know what? At the end of the day, I'm really happy for Francis Ngannou because like that's what that dude deserves. He deserves to get paid big bucks. No, no more shoveling. He was a sand shoveler. Was he not? Like, yeah. Like that's a job. Yeah, it's a crazy story. I mean, like, the whole thing is a crazy story. I originally was going to suggest that people um, go read uh, ESPN's article on his path to the UFC because it is it is really well written right up until the end of the article where the guy outs himself as having known nothing about MMA for his whole life. Um, but he's a really great storyteller about uh, Francis's life. But at the end, he says uh, Francis is in the middle of a contract dispute with the UFC – which has happened to other former champions such as Nate Cruz in Jorge Masvidal. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that kind of ruins everything. This got published at ESPN, dude, and I was like, yeah. I was like, what? How? How did this sneak through all the editors? Nobody even googled the name Nate Cruz MMA and like just saw yeah. if anything came up. Um, so bad. But the rest of the article is really well written. So I guess like ignore it when they start talking about MMA and just like enjoy the the story. Cause he's the guy's probably a, an actually a good narrative writer. He just, for some reason they gave him an MMA story that he knows nothing fucking about. That's funny. Um, yeah. If, if Nganu thinks there's a lot of money out there, uh, I guess, I guess he can have a couple boxing matches until they, it, it's, it's shown that he, he can't box or maybe he can box. Who knows? But yeah, he can't like, box Tyson Fury. I, I'm I know. just going to get ahead of this for, yeah, for, of course anybody, not. Out, for anybody out there who, and, and I'm not a huge boxing connoisseur, but like Tyson Fury is 850 times better of a boxer than Surreal Gain, and Surreal Gain was out boxing Francis Ngannou. So, yeah. I mean, like, draw your conclusions if you want, but dude, like, Tyson Fury does whatever he wants to, to Francis. 
and boxing is just one little aspect of MMA. It's like um, if the, the best hockey player thinking he could he could um, race a speed skater because because uh, he skates in his sport, like that, that type of thing. It's uh, but anyhow, if if people are willing to pay for it, I guess he can do it. But yeah, he's not getting more than his last night. Uh, he being uh, Francis Ngannou made six hundred grand. Uh, was his reported purse plus forty two thousand for the uh, Venom cryptocurrency that 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 uh, sponsorship, and then he would have got a cut of the pay per view. He's not getting that anywhere else in MMA. Yeah, not in MMA. You're right. Um, but like, I mean, like if you look at some of the purses for boxing, somebody his size with his kind of following, with you know all that, like it wouldn't be absurd to see him making twenty million. So oh yeah. You know, we're wa- instead watching him like he's probably making over a million when you count in the pay per view points. Yes, this probably sure. this probably sold you know seven hundred thousand pay per views, and he's probably getting a dollar off of all of them. So we're we're probably talking at the end of the day, he's he's close to one point five million. But like one point five million when you could be making twenty, uh, is is pretty absurd. Yeah, I, I guess you only need one or two boxing matches, and and you and. You and um, your kin and your your kin's kin and your kin's kin are, are set for life. So, um, yeah, I hate to see him go, but who knows? Maybe he he won't really. Uh, we've maybe he won't really leave. We've we've been through this. Maybe for maybe we'll years. maybe we'll see him box once or twice next year, yeah. and then also fight Fedor. <laughs> oh yes, there you go, there you go. Uh, as, as someone on Twitter mentioned, they hope he's in the front row of Bellator coming up um, on Friday or Saturday. I guess it is when. Uh, when their heavyweight title is being uh, decided, someone hopes that he's sitting front row with the UFC belt on his shoulder. So, um, someone else on Twitter mentioned. Sorry, I'm not naming who mentioned these things because I can't remember. Uh, but mentioned that watch them make uh, Lewis versus Tuivasa for the interim title. But we may have an interim, t- or we may have a real actually title fight coming up soon. So maybe it could be that fight. Who knows? Well, who I, who should be fighting for the belt next? I Gain think and I think whoever Miocic? wins. No, I think whoever wins that fight will wind up fighting Stipe for it. Um, sure. I, I think most likely they're going to give Gain a step back. Um, you know, because it, it's sort of ridiculous to have him fight for an interim title, not unify it, and then have him right. fight for an interim title. That, I mean, like, that looks like you're just trying to push him as a champ. And then, like, once he wins that interim title, you're just going to upgrade him to champ. It's it's going to feel really nasty. So I think he's got to go win another fight. I, I'd like to see him. He's probably going to fight somebody like Curtis Blades. You know, like that—that that feels right, and he's never fought Curtis Blades, so um, I'd, I'd line him right up for that fight. Um, and then I think the the title fight will definitely be the winner of Derek Lewis and Tai Tuivasa um, in Stipe. Um, that that just makes sense to me. I mean, like ultimately, what they should really do it should, should be Stipe and John Jones, um, but right. John Jones seems to be playing himself in some kind of weird way. Um, Imagine that. Yeah, he's – I don't even – I mean, we just got into all kinds of contract talk with Francis. I don't think there's much to be said of oh, all that's going on with John Jones. But at the end of the day, yeah, my prediction is most likely Derek Lewis probably beats Tai Tuivasa and we see him fight Stipe, which is a fresh and fun matchup for me right now. I, I'd watch that. And who predicted Derek Lewis, UFC champ, at the end of the year? Me. You did. You did. <laughs> Although I, it, I had a lot of faith that Francis was still going to be there. And you know what? I yes. will say there's a good chance on December 31st, Francis Ngannou is still holding that belt. Yeah, sure, sure. And it's uh, going back to Gain, it's not like he's Mr. Excitement, that they really want to push him as champion. Uh, a patient, 
uh, cerebral heavyweights, not really um, what what the brass seem to seem to be looking for uh, at the UFC. So um, I guess his name is pronounced game, not Gagne, because Gagne means win in French, and he did not win last night, Dan. Gagne did not Gagne. <laughs> Um, all right, so what? Forty minutes in, and we, we've talked to one fight so far. Are we forty yeah. minutes in about? Yeah, we're about we're about that far. That's oh, fine. Yeah, some, yeah. Of these, some of these we're gonna fly through though, because yeah. like the the it's rest true. of this card, I, I mean, like there are two fights with ranked fighters in it. That's it. Yeah, that's true. It was a fun night, but yeah, uh, very true. There wasn't a whole lot of consequential fights, at least at least not right at this point in, in the fighter's career. Um, let me tell you about something consequential uh, to you. Degenerates Prop Swap. We're brought to you by Prop Swap, where America buys and sells sports bets. The NFL playoffs are in full swing, and Prop Swappers are cashing in, like Will from Arizona, who on Sunday night sold his $50, 101-49er Super Bowl ticket for $500 on Prop Swap. Will locked in his profit when he turned his $50 bet into $500. The buyer got great odds, and the seller made 10 times his bet. Prop Swap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry and download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and red-hot tickets for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash, and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will match your deposit up to 500 bucks. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap where America buys and sells sports bets. You can also meet the real degenerates and gamblers over at better fantasy the fantasy season may be over but the action is still coming on the better fantasy app download their free to play app today to bet on player props for the nfl playoffs you can also enter their player prop pools and score big when you win we love better fantasy because we can win awesome prizes and even raise some money for charity along the way too it's totally free to play you'll earn better credits by completing challenges using to place your bets better fantasy is available worldwide in all 50 states so download the app today over at betterfantasy.com slash sgpn that's b-t-t-o-r fantasy.com slash sgpn but no that that fight was not the only heavyweight fight and it was not the best heavyweight uh, sorry not the only championship fight and not the best championship fight of the night that would have been the co-main event which really impressed the boss uh sean green the sgpn had honcho um he was in the slack uh raving about this fight he must have some money on Davis and Figueredo. He must not listen to us like I like I um, suggested. He probably doesn't. Um, Figueredo did almost the impossible. He got his belt back. This is like I've, I believe I said in the um, breakdown of this fight. This is a very very rare thing seeing a fighter win his belt back. He or she win their belt back, especially off of the person that beat them for the belt. But that's exactly what Davis and Figueredo did last night. 48-47, over Brandon Moreno. A very fun fight. And probably we're going to set, could we possibly see them fight four times in a row? It very well could be the case after last night. And Dan both and I missed the pick. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think they're going to fight again. The fact that Figueredo brings it up right away um, seems to make sense. Um, it is tied one-to-one-to-one. I'll also say this, like, you know, it would feel really nasty to not give Brandon Moreno an instant rematch when he right. literally lost this fight by one round. Um, and a- after giving Figueredo one immediately after being choked out in the second, you know, right? Like Figueredo got toasted in the second fight. Um, immediate rematch. Moreno easily, just barely, ever so slightly edged out. 
and then you don't give them the rematch, like, ooh, man, that would feel bad. So, yeah, I think they got to run it back. I think it only makes sense. Um, I'll also say this. I saw a lot of people complaining about the decision. I, I think they got it right. Even as somebody who picked yep. Brandon Moreno to, to win, you know, like the way the rules read as far as scoring rounds is it, it – it's not about how many punches you land or how much time you dominate or how much position you dominate. It's about who does more work towards ending the fight in every given round. And and you got to say with those knockdowns and, and the fact that he legitimately had Moreno seemingly stunned in a couple of them, you, you got to edge those rounds to Figueredo. So yeah, I, I had him three to two. Um, I was hoping the judges messed it up because I was pulling for Moreno. Um, but yeah, ultimately the right guy won there and you know, I, I appreciate him saying that he's ready to fight Moreno a fourth time in the, the interview. That That's good stuff. Yep, very true. Um, so we had two underdogs win the um, the belts. Uh, oh, Nagano kept his belt at plus 120, and then we had Figueroa plus 142. He, I like like Dan said, uh, I also had him win the fight. Um, I, I, basically... They were uh, swapping rounds back and forth in my eyes. One, three, and five went to Figueredo. Yeah, I, I have to double. Like, I, I wasn't taking notes, but I was keeping track and going into that last round. I think I had a two to two, and then I definitely scored the fifth for Figueredo. So, yeah, that that probably sounds right to me, but I, I can't remember exactly the way I had it. The only reason I remember the Francis one is because there was a turning point, right? Um, as yeah. soon as he slammed him, it was like, oh, this is a different fight now. Um, yeah. But this this one, you're right. It was probably back and forth. Yeah, Dan gets um, behind the curtain. Dan gets like blackout drunk when he watches these fights so he doesn't remember much of what happens right you are you are really into trying to slander my name as much as possible today you're like he's a drunk stripper <laughs> what's what's wrong with both I, those things I, what's wrong with being drunk drunk and a stripper I, there's nothing either wrong with of that. those things i watched on the couch with my wife so uh oh, so sweet <laughs> yeah yeah Dr- I'm a, drinking mountain moonshine right uh, uh i was uh just Furiously looking at my phone and making sure that my my bets were my bets hit pretty well for football yesterday too. I had uh, both money lines on the two underdogs uh, yesterday, and at the time of taping right now, a money line on another underdog who may be knocking the Buccaneers out of the playoffs. So oh. uh, yeah, I was that was that was mostly my activity was was just on a phone. There you go. Canada's team is playing in a couple hours, and they're going to beat the K. Kansas City Chiefs. That would be Buffalo Bills, of course. Um, team. <laughs> it's, it's the closest we got. They used to play in Toronto once in a while, so there you go. Um, now nothing crosses the border like that because things are, we're, we're in fun times um, once again. I know the pandemic's over in the States, but it's, it's not over here. So lots of oh, oh, fun. All right, so we got um, – actually, I did see some masks in the crowd last night, which I guess California is kind of uh, liberal that way, right? Yeah, yeah. Does your wife have to wear a mask when she goes grocery shopping? Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you have, have those rules there, too? We have mask mandates everywhere here. So. Okay. I was wondering, yeah, because yeah. we do here. I was just wondering how it was in that state that Dan lives in. All right. Yeah. Um, when when we went not... to the World Series, though, there wasn't a mask to be seen, though. No? <laughs> no. Well, you must have been happy with that because um, you're also an anti-mask or anti-vaxxer, right? As well as, as, well as being a drunk and a stripper? Man, you are you are giving me <laughs> I'm trying. I mean, like, we, I mean, we could go into talking about <laughs> John Stockton in this episode too. Have you seen the reasons about John Stockton? No. What? How, uh, what? Just, I I just I don't even know how to start summarizing it. I would just say 
Google John Stockton, but he's not allowed at Gonzaga basketball. Oh, no, not point. him. <laughs> yeah, it's, it ain't pretty, not dude. Him. It ain't pretty. Like, part of it in, involves him claiming that there's, like, 150 pro athletes who've dropped dead on the playing surfaces, and it's just been covered up. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I see. He's uh, Yeah, he's been... Not he's not allowed to go to games. Man, he should be in MMA. He would fit right in, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. These uh, guys love him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Um, this is not a masker boxer show. <laughs> this is the uh, crapple over Dan uh, show. It, I'm just doing this to. This is. Does this feel like a flat like the, the olden days? I used. To, I feel like I'm much nicer to you now than I was. It's, it's because you started. It's because you started losing again. So you got to. Exactly. I was just going to say. The ribbing has to start again. I was just going to say. I got to start something. You're down for the year now too, right? I am. We're, yeah. we're tied for the year. Yeah, we're, we're tied for the year, but in you're picks, ahead. But I'm, money I'm wise. in the money line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm all ahead. Right, I'm other... thinking that in the 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 preferred picks too. I believe. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Just making well, sure we get all that in. I'll get. I'll get to it. Um. Michelle Pereira, a little bit wild. He, he had some wild moments last night against Andre Fialo. Uh, Fialo looked very good in that fight, but uh, he kind of tied himself out, and Pereira didn't go away in 29-28, 29-28, 29-28 win. I'm not sure if this really um, – I still don't know if, if we can say that Michelle Pereira is actually good or, like, maybe not good, but uh, elite or a, um, a top contender because he was fighting a newcomer on short notice, but he, um, well, that's four straight wins now, I think for him. So uh, he, he did some crazy stuff. None yeah. of it really landed, but yeah, he's, I mean, I guess the, the spinning, you no, know, the summer, the rolling thunder, did he hit a rolling yes. thunder? <laughs> rolling thunder. Um, that, that sort of hit with his heel kind of funky. Um, uh, um, I, I would say it's kind of what we've learned to expect from Michelle Pereira lately. Um, it's safe to the point where he's winning, but is going to throw a little bit in for the fans anyway, um, but never in a spot where it's dangerous. He's getting much better at that. I will say he's definitely a top 15 welterweight. There, there's no way he's not. Um, e- even though this was against a guy who's a newcomer, Fiala was really game and he looked good in there. Yep. And I, I'll be excited to see him fight again. Um, but yeah, like Pereira, I, I think he's the real deal. Who was he supposed to fight again before all this was, was set up? He was up supposed to fight Muslim Solikov. Yeah, okay, that, that would have been a better matchup for him to, to see what he's made of. But anyhow, uh, I uh, all for him going onwards and upwards because he's, he's still fun to watch and look, did look good last night, as did my next. Uh, so we both hit that one easy. Next pick, I hit, Dan, to be fair, he, he went out on the limb on an underdog, Cody Stamen, plus one. 60, I think mostly because his name's Mr. Wonderful, and um, y- you are a big Paul Orndorff fan, of course. Uh, but said Nirmaga Mo- Nirmaga, how do you say that name again, Dan? <laughs> Nirmaga, Nirmaga Madoff. I've, I've made it so I really can't say it after all this joking around. Um, the non-cousin of Habib, looked like Habib, um, guillotine choking statement, but he actually uh, did most of his work on the feet uh, leading into that. But very quickly, 47 seconds in the fight, and Nirmaga Madoff his star continues to be on the rise. Yeah. And, and Stamen did what I thought he needed to do, which was to wrestle early. Cause I didn't think he was going to be able to hang striking very much, but it, it was a really sloppy takedown. I, I don't, I don't really quite know what went into that, but it was, I mean, he was basically tapping out before they were even on the mat. So yep. um, yeah, uh, I don't think too, too much to be said. A lot of people talking about Sedner Megamedov as like a contender at Bantamweight and like a sleeper. But, like, he did just recently lose to Rayoni Barcelos, who we're going to talk about in a second, got his yeah. 
shit kicked last night. Yep. So I don't know if I'm I'm still not sold on Fender Megamendoff. That's why I picked Cody Stamen, and I still don't think he did enough to prove to me that he's he's still elite. And it's it's all because of the name, which is very silly. Like because he's not even related. It, uh, I, right. guarantee, I guarantee all of this is because of his last name, though. Yeah, I, and I think people, you know, I I guarantee people who don't do enough film study or don't know the fighters well enough they expected him to be the wrestler yeah. in this fight. Well, he won via submission, so there you go. But if yeah, they, was, there you go. <laughs> if his name was Syed Vreeland, people wouldn't be clamoring for him to be a top contender, right? I don't think so. I, I will be honest. <laughs> I really don't think so. Child number three, perhaps? Is there going to be a child number three, and will it no, be Syed Freeland? No, hell no. <laughs> All right, fine. Hell no on both uh, those friends. <laughs> there you go. Good man. So that's what we have back-to-back um, large favorites come through there. And then in the opener, because uh, we had a bunch of shuffling around, the opener of the of the main card, I whiffed on a underdog, Trevin Giles, plus 112, because Michael Morales is the real deal. TKO punches. Round one, four oh six into it. He netted Dan minus one forty money on that one. And he was one of my preferred plays. And he, he looked exceptionally good. Um He is, did. This is the guy who only made twenty thousand, by the way. Yep. Somehow didn't get a performance bonus for this. Um but uh yeah, like he deserved one, looked great, beat an eight or nine fight UFC veteran in his debut at twenty two years old. Man, dude, this this guy is is special. Um, I I said there were three guys on the contender series that I am so high on, and this is definitely one of them. It's him, Jack Della Maddalena, who we'll talk about in a bit, and somebody we're going to talk about in two weeks who's about to fight. So, uh, yeah, I couldn't say enough good things about Morales. Yep, I am I am on board now. So, um, so Dan hit three in the uh, on the main card. Ngano for the plus money, and then Pereira Morales. I only hit Pereira and Nurmaga made off. So um, this is where Dan made uh, edged ahead of me was was the main card because in the we ended up being all the same picks on the prelims after these fights have, have fell off and and things got shuffled around. Uh, Victor Henry looked fantastic. Uh, looked like a whirling dervish out there against Haoni Barcelos, who Dan and I both picked Haoni Barcelos. But he got skunked three rounds to none. Victor Henry looked very good. He's a veteran. Um, it, it's, uh, let's keep it going for him because he already beat a, a top guy or, or a fairly good uh, vet, veteran, let's put that. Yeah, Barcelos was it was ranked not all that long ago. So, yeah. you know, a huge, huge win for Victor Henry. Um, and also I'll just say in general, like he's got wins over really legit competitors. Like he's already beat Kyler Phillips, um, who's going to be on the pay per view in February. Um, he's already beat uh, Albert Morales, who um, isn't in the UFC anymore, but like was a former UFC fighter. So he's got like wins over real guys already. So to beat Barcelos at this stage in his career, like real impressive and. In a way, I didn't expect him to. Like, he's got big, heavy hands, and I kind of expected he would maybe go in there and knock out Barcelos, and I'd be shocked by it. But, I mean, like, he put a pace on him. He was fast. He stuffed takedown attempts. I mean, he, he looked legit. I, I'll be interested to see what they do with him next. Yeah, very, very true. Uh, plus, he's – Victor and Henry are, are two trains in, in Thomas, so he's um, onward and upward for him. Are your children into Thomas, Dan? No, thank God, no. Really? 
are your children allowed to watch TV? Or are you trying to make them like you were as a child? And, and they uh, they don't they don't watch too much. Um, no. Occasionally, when sports are on, they watch the the sports that uh, we're true. watching. Um, but then they also uh, they watch a little bit of Spider Man every day. They, oh, they that's like, right, Spider Man. They like they like Spider Man. Okay, nothing wrong with that. Um, all right, let's talk about Jack Della Madalena as I tear apart the office here. Minus three fifty. Looked all looked minus thirty five hundred uh, in that fight, but yeah, Rodriguez did not really look USC caliber um, at all. Like nothing about him looked uh, up up to standards. So uh, Della Madalena took care of him pretty quickly under three minutes, two fifty nine TKO punches. But he um, he looked very good. I don't know if we can really gauge much off of this. He probably beat a better person on the contender series than he, than he did in his actual UFC debut, though. He he had that. Percent did, and I think I said that on Wednesday too when we broke down the fights. But I'll also say this: I'm not positive that Pete Rodriguez isn't UFC caliber. I think Jack Della Maddalena made him look stupid, but I also think he'd make just about anybody at you know the debuting level look stupid. His head movement was incredible this past weekend, just like absolutely incredible. Um, the way he moved out of the way of that punch um, from Pete Rodriguez, shuffled around, and then hit him from the side for the TKO, like. It was a thing of beauty. Like he, and again, him and Michael Morales, the, the two guys, two of the three guys I'm the most jacked up on from last year's Contender Series, and he looked incredible. So uh, props to Jack Metella and Metalena. 25 years young. Uh, Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. So uh, he's onward and upward, which I'm saying far too often in this podcast. But if someone's doing a drinking game and onward and upward is on it, they are just like Dan on a fight night at this point. Um, all right, moving on. See, I got you again. Um, <laughs> t- Tony Gravely, or Gravely, I guess is how it is, uh, beat Simon Oliveira, who we weren't too jacked about. He was not one of the the big three off the contender series that we're uh, excited about. Um, he seems to like guillotines, Dan, because that's all yeah, he did last night was try to guillotine. Tony yeah, Gravely, that, the whole that man, that man likes going for a guillotine. It's funny, too, because when we broke it down, you were like, I don't know, it's kind of alarming that Tony Gravely has lost by submission a bunch of times, and Simon yep. Oliveira always gets subs. And I was like, yeah, but, like, he's smart enough not to get caught by this guy. And he was, <laughs> yep. because the dude went for him a hundred times and, like, didn't disguise him any differently or anything. He just, same entry, same guillotine, same result. Uh, and that's why you get 30-27 in your debut. Yeah, so we got Gravely minus two fifty. He looked very good, very, very strong uh, for for the weight class. He's he's a jack dude for for bantamweight. But Oliveira, we weren't too high on him to begin with. So I don't know if can we really read much off of this win. Um, no, great. Gravely seemed like a steep test for anybody in their debut. Like he he's yeah. had some really good wins uh, in the UFC. Like he he's a legit. You know, like he, he beat Anthony Burjack and like took it to him. He beat Geraldo DeFridas. He was gonna beat Nate Manis. Like he was really close to beating Nate Manis. Um, I think people forget that like he had like a really great regional career before he got to the UFC, where he like TKO'd or KO'd Chris Mutino, the guy who uh, Sean O'Malley like couldn't put out. Like that dude put him out cold while he was going for a leg lock. It was insane. So he's had a really great career already and is a tough dude so yeah like not a good guy for Oliveira to be debuting again yep no doubt so we hit minus 250 yeah well we're good at hitting hitting the big ones aren't we um 
we whiffed on a underdog in the next one. This was a disappointing outcome. The fight was wild and fun, but we, we missed on Gennaro Valdez at plus 155. You told me, Dan, that he's a smart fighter and the contender series was just the, uh, just an exception uh, when he was a wild man. But, no, he was a wild man last night. Matt Frivola knocked him down maybe five or six times before finally the fight finally got stopped. Only three minutes in, 3.15 in. That was yeah, a I- wild fight. I think this is one of those cases of a guy who had a result um, and then convinced himself that he's good enough to fight that way all the time. Um, you know, yeah. see Gabriel Gonzaga knocking out Mirko Krokop and then believing he's a he's a head kicker, head kicker or he's a kickboxer in any regard. Um, this felt that like that for Valdez, who's always been a good wrestler and good at jiu-jitsu. He goes on contender series, tries to impress with his boxing. Wins by KO, but not in, like, a great fight. And then I think he thinks he's a boxer now, and he's not. Um, he, he needed to wrestle in this fight, and he didn't even attempt to. So, uh, yeah, good good for Favola. He, he looked good doing what he needed to do in there. And he's he's a good guy. If you, if you heard him last week in Dan's podcast, he's a, a fun guy also. So um, it's okay if, if the nice guy wins once in a while and we lose on our picks. So. That concluded the prelims. We'll, we'll hit you off with the two early prelims where they relegated the women, which is which is uh, very chauvinistic of the UFC. But first of all, Sobat says, when did sports betting become so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around in a speakeasy. Sobat is taking the social lineage of betting, putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. Sobat is changing the game with their new product. Head over to Sobat.io and create an account to see for yourself. Through their fully functioning and free web application, you can access a demo of their app, which will launch next fall. The app includes consensus lines from Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via text, QR codes, and links, among other methods. No money is transacted on the app, and it is purely competitive. Next time you're with your friends watching sports, turn the dial up a notch. Go to Sobat.io and see who can hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place bets off Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing any metric they want as long as somebody is on the other side to accept. Let's get back to the roots of betting with Sobet. Go to Sobet.io slash SGPN. That's S-O-B-E-T dot I-O slash SGPN. Today, join the revolution. Did someone say SGPN? Yes, I did. Speaking of SGPN, grab a wrap. We're in the App Store. Uh, or Google Play, if you rather. Uh, the app gives you easy access to all their picks and all the podcasts drop there. You can listen to them there. You can get reminders when they drop there. Just in case you're not on the MMA Gambling Podcast feed, which you should be by now, so you can get us New Year's the second the podcast drops. Um, you'll get a reminder on there when we have a new episode. So grab the app. Oh, and the bosses are already always giving away prizes and money and whatnot. So uh, you can get that on the app too. So grab the app. Give us an awesome app, app review. Rinse, repeat. Actually, do the same for the MMA Gambling Podcast. If you can, If you love the podcast, we know lots of you do. If you could give us an amazing review and rating on on Apple or wherever you listen to it, that would help keep the lights on in the studio, as the expression goes. All right, early prelims. The aforementioned Vanessa Demopoulos, we pretty much said everything about that fight. Um, got her hand raised, jumped in Joe Rogan's arms, talked about learning her moves, um, being an exotic dancer. Uh, one via submission, uh, Gomez Juarez, probably bye-bye since I like to fire people uh, on this podcast. She's probably gone. Uh, uh, I mean, like our first fight was short notice. This one does seem bad, but yeah. And I said this when they hired Maybe her. Maybe not. Lupita Godinez, I didn't have her as a favorite to win on her contender series fight. Um, yeah. You know, she was scheduled for the contender. 
Contender Series. They needed an opponent for Lupita Godinez. They pulled her from the Contender Series, which was going to be on Tuesday, and got her to fight Saturday. So she they basically bumped her up three days. I was like, she wasn't even the right one to take. Like, I was going to tell you guys on Sunday that I, I thought she'd lose. Um, um, and she's lost two in a row. So they, they might give her one more because she, you know, had a tough first fight. But um, and, and she did knock Vanessa Demopoulos down with a big yep. right hand. And, and Demopoulos even admitted she was pretty much out. Um, so, yeah, I I, uh, I think she might get one more. But at the same time, yeah, I don't, I don't need to see her again. But getting pulled off to the contender series made her two grand more per fight because 12, 12 grand instead of 10. So it worked well, well for her. Um, and then uh, anything else to say about Demopolis? Um, just she's just a fun Pry fighter, needs, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah good jujitsu. Pride needs to work on her boxing a little bit, but yeah, that, you know, all good. Yep. But we hit that one at, what did we get that? Minus minus one thirty nine. So that, that was a pretty good uh, payout for that one. And then in the opener, we missed this one. Um, I should have stuck with Jasmine Jasuda Vicious. They were saying Jazz Jazz Davicious. They were skipping the U. I don't think that's correct. I think it's Jasuda Vicious. Is it not, Dan? Man, I do wish I could tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Canada Zone from uh fairly close to me, St. Catharines, came out to uh great seventies and eighties Canadian band uh Trooper song. What's your favorite Trooper song, Dan? I didn't know Trooper was a band. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Anyhow, um, should she be on your list of prospects that, that you're excited about on on the Contender Series? Because she looked very good against Kay Hansen last night. Using her length, um, she was way bigger than Kay Hansen, and uh, obviously using her grappling, which is what she's known for. 30-27, Should we be uh, – I know she's in her 30s, so she's not like a super young prospect. Should we be intrigued about her at, at Flyweight? I'm more intrigued than I was previously because I did think she was going to get beat here. Um, but ultimately, like I think you mentioned it, like she was way bigger than Kay Hansen. And yeah. I originally thought Kay Hansen's physicality would play at, at 125 pounds. Yeah. I, I thought the, the weight cut was probably not going well for her at 15, and this might be a good move. And, and she's already announced on Twitter that she is going back to 115. So, uh. I, I mean, like – Jasmine beat a, a woman who was fighting out of her weight class um, and did so largely by being bigger. So while I was impressed with what I saw and she, she did look good, I still think in order for me to say, like, I'm in on her and I think she's she's the real deal. Like, I, I need to see her fight somebody her size, you know? Dan's anti-Canadian once again. So um, that wrapped up the card. Dan went six and five. I went five and six. We both lost money. I lost three times more than Dan, though. Um, and on the year, we're both 11 and 10. Aren't we great, Dan? And we're both down money. Uh, Dan's down 67 bucks less than me. Um, that's if we bet 100 bucks in every fight on the card, which is not the preferred way to play. Preferred way to play is to take our recommended plays, preferred plays, whatever you want to call it. Dan went 3-0 and last night. 40 bucks on Morales to win outright. 30 bucks on Nagano to win outright. 30 bucks on Gravely to win outright. Got Dan sixty five fifty seven back on the hundred bucks that you gambled there. Love it, and that, that puts me it. that puts me in the positive for the year as well. It does, it does. I only had two come uh, two picks actually play out because the Vieira via submission was one of my picks. I gained via decision. I almost hit that. That it came much uh, clo- closer than uh, than possible. And then plus three hundred would would indicate. Um, but I lost that one, um, and then Vieira I had money on, which didn't happen. But 
the bulk of my money, 50 bucks, was on Jack Della Maddalena to win. So that got me 14.29, but I lost 20 bucks on game, so I was down about six bucks. So overall, I am three and two in recommended play, so right at my 60% rate, which I like to be at for picking every fight. Up 31 bucks, 18% return on investment. Dan, four and two, 67% hit rate. He's up 31.57. He's up 40 cents over me. But his Look return, at that. Your Look return at investment that. is only 16% because you've gambled more than I have. Uh, one more fight than me. So anyhow, we're we're, we're doing all right. 18 and 16% return on investments. Uh, you can't sneeze at that. So I like how you you added return on investment, which you've never yep. used before. Because no way, I always do. You leaving for one thing because you're losing. <laughs> you're losing on the total money. You're losing. Well, you're tied in picks. You're losing on the recommended play picks. You're losing on the recommended play money. So you're like, well, we'll, we'll add return spin. on investment because by a technicality, I'm ahead. <laughs> spin, spin, spin. Well, there's that's really not not the real reason. The real reason is usually we we have the exact same amount of money gambled, so it's pointless. Plus, we're always in the negative, so I don't want to say, hey, for the year I'm down minus five percent, Dan, and you're down minus four percent overall. Does that sound good? No, it does not. So it's all about spinning, Dan. Um, all right, so pretty fun card. Uh, good pay per view to start off the year. Um, any, any other l- closing remarks on that card, Dan, before we move on? No, I, I, I will say this. I'm kind of baffled that said Mega Medoff wound up with the bonus there. Oh, yes. Um, yes. you know, we, we didn't talk too much about bonuses. I think we kind of mentioned that Vanessa Demopoulos got, got one. Um, Figueredo versus Moreno was like the very obvious pick for fight of the night. Um, right. Although Victor Henry, Rayoni Barcelos could have been fight of the night, and I wouldn't have batted an eyelash. Like, that was fun to watch, too. Um, but, like, yeah, either of those those fights. But then, you know, to pass up Matt Frivola knocking down Gennaro Valdez that many times, to pass up Jack Della Maddalena with that just vicious knockout of Pete Rodriguez, passing up on Michael Morales, like, taking it to Trevin Giles in his debut and then giving it to Sedner Megamedov, just that one seemed off. Um, I'm glad Demopolis got it, but yeah, that one seemed off. Yeah, it's true. Um, but yes, thank you for bringing up the bonuses. I forgot to do that. All right, so USC is taking another break. They're being very lazy this year. They're taking a break next week. Um, back on the fifth, back at the UFC Apex main event, Jack Hermanson versus Sean Thomas Strickland. Uh, why am I saying all three of his names? Because that's what you do when with serial killers and mass murderers, correct? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> because you don't want you know don't want the innocent people being fingered. So from now on, he will be known as Sean Thomas Strickland. Even though Dan thinks it says it's just an act, he's not really a sociopath or a psychopath. Yeah, I, I do think it's an act. Also, <laughs> you know, you you mentioned that this next weekend we have a break. We do, we do have some fights that we will probably yep. break down between. Eagle FC, uh, which is yep. Habib's owned promotion. Um, there's a good Bellator card coming on. And I will also tell you that this is the last UFC break we have until April 2nd. Um, oh there, there's a fight card in every weekend of February, in every weekend in March, um, in actually all but one weekend in April. So we actually only have um, through May 14th, just one more weekend off, and it's April 2nd. So uh, you're going to get a lot of UFC content coming at you soon. And that's what that's what keeps a lot of lights on, Dan. So that's good. Um, yeah, I was going to mention the events next weekend, which we'll, uh, we'll at least partially cover and give you some picks on Wednesday. we got Eagle FC, like Dan said. It's uh, 
not Syed's cousin. It's a different guy, Habib uh, Nurmagomedov. His promotion. This is their UFC debut, I believe, right? The, the United States debut, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, not UFC. U.S. U.S. of A. debut in Florida. Tyron Spong versus Sergey Karatonov in the main event. I used, Spong used to be like an exciting MMA guy. I'm, uh, too, I'm, I'm disappointed that, that didn't really pan out for him. Yeah, I had high hopes. I, I mean, like he's he's still undefeated, but uh, yeah, it's like a weird uh, <laughs> weird that he decided to not fight in in MMA anymore. But um, I, I mean, I guess he had a, a very talented kickboxing career, so. Yes, he did. Yes, that's what he's mostly known for is the kickboxing, but he is fighting Sergey Karatonov in the main event. And then the rest of the card, as we mentioned last week, is full of names you will have known, such as Rashad Evans, Ray Borg, John Howard, Anthony Njoku, uh, Jurgen DeCastro. So, yeah, lots of fights there. So I'll have Dan um, let me know. We'll, we'll do it off air for a change and set on there. I'll let him uh, have him let me know what fights he wants to break down on Wednesday and give you picks. There is already odds posted for this, so, which is good. So um, we'll give you some picks for for that fight card. And then we've got, as Dan said, Bellator um, for the heavyweight champion. Actually, Eagle FC the main event, the heavyweight title fight, uh, not title fight, uh, heavyweight fight. Uh, UFC was heavyweight title fight. Bellator is going to be a heavyweight title fight as well. On theirs is on Saturday from Phoenix. Um, we got Ryan Bader versus uh, Valentin Moldovsky. So we got another title unification, just like the UFC. Bader is the official champ, but he has not fought at heavyweight since 2019 because he was at light heavyweight because he was a double champ and he was in the Grand Prix and a bunch of stuff like that. And then in the meantime, Moldovsky has won the interim championship. So we got that fight to break down. We've got. Uh, Benson Henderson on the card, Henry Corrales, uh, Darian Caldwell, Enrique Barzola, said Awad. So it, it's a pretty decent card as Bellator goes. And the big tuna, of course, Ben Parrish. So um, we'll we'll have some picks for, for that uh, fight card for you too. And odds for that also are posted. Did you see that, Dan? There's actually Bellator odds posted in advance. I did see that. I, I saw Big Tuna was, a, was an underdog, and I looked up the guy who he's fighting, and well, there's a reason he's an underdog. <laughs> oh, okay. Too bad. Too bad. Well, we we love us some big tuna, but that's too bad. So we will uh, we will break down some of those fights for you on Wednesday. Um, only other thing, uh, we got title fight announced that we expected to be announced. Glover Teixeira is going to defend his title for the first time at UFC 274, and it's going to be against Yuri Prochaska, Prochaska. Um What do you think the odds are, Dan, on that fight? It just dropped, or I just dropped last night, the odds. Uh, I'm going to say Yuri negative 185. Oh, minus 180. I think Dan saw the odds. Ooh, I did not. Look at that. <laughs> Good job. Good job. And that's probably about right, but we'll, we'll break it down when we actually get to that fight night. Any, anything else we, we need to mention, Mr. Vreeland? No, I think you got it all. All right. I sure did. I, I exposed all of Dan's uh, foibles <laughs> on this uh, real or imagined. I, I exposed them all. So thank you for listening. Make sure you listen again on Wednesday when we drop. Um, in the meantime, you can read our stuff, sportsgamblingpodcast.com and mma-manifesto.com. You can listen to Dan's. Uh, I guess your podcast probably won't drop before the next one, so I'm not going to hype your podcast, Dan. Um but you can follow us on Twitter. You can always do that. Jeff Fox writer, and he is Gumby Vreeland. 
I'll take a song. I am the blonde fighter, Jeff Fox, despite not being blonde, nor a fighter. He is Gumby Vreeland, and we will catch you again on Wednesday. Bye-bye.